0: Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. It's benefit season. We all know providing benefits is a cornerstone of employee retention. But many small businesses are priced out or completely disqualified from providing health coverage to their employees, not any longer. Now, PCA members can get health coverage and they can even tailor options to meet their company's needs. To learn more about all the benefits PCA has to offer and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Ask a Painter Life with Nick Slavik. This
1: is the Ask a Painter live show. I am Nick Slavic. I am the proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company. I'm also the host of this show, Ask a Painter Live. This is the 343rd show. Um, we are approaching seven years. Of broadcasting weekly I have not missed a week in over six and a half years of basically going on here going live and uh, just showing you what the life of a master craftsperson trades business owner and father and husband uh, is like and uh, it's been a great thing over the years for me it's connected me with people like Michael Crane my good friend from the industry here so uh, people from Brazil all over the uh, all over the world and it's uh, it's an absolute awesome thing. Oh man, we got people uh, uh, Dobro notes. Uh, that's that's good evening, but we are morning uh, dobro. Dobre Rano is that checklist we got people posting in Czechoslovakian and Spanish it's just awesome here so oh yeah people are commenting on the paint knuckles yes I do have paint on me as well so holy cow we got stuff streaming in so all right folks here's the deal I want to make sure that I'm I'm uh, I'm combing through all of these um, all of these uh, comments and stuff here we got uh, oh we got the right painter uh, beaming in from uh, Hawaii Uh, we got TikTok we got Instagram and we got Facebook and this is uh, an AM show ask me anything this is the morning of Christmas Eve I will not miss a week Uh, this is a fun thing I do this is not work for me Uh, the kids are just enjoying a delicious uh, breakfast in there on the other side of my war room wall and uh, today we're gonna spend doing the final prep for Christmas Um, obviously we'll be watching uh, probably Christmas vacation tonight that's sort of our uh, our um, our annual ritual we did uh, home alone last night Uh, and especially with the age of our kids uh, it's a wonderful thing so a little bit of house cleaning first uh, as we do normally Um, Um, I I put a bunch of links on the Facebook page here. I can't do it in um, either TikTok or Instagram, but a lot of big stuff is coming up, folks. Um, Whole bunch of things I want to hit on, which is um, the PCA Expo. The exposition is coming up in February. It is the largest gathering of master craftspeople, paint business entrepreneurs in North America, and it is happening in February in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I am bringing my entire leadership team. So if you want to hang out with the likes of estimator andy myself production manager holly and all the rest of my people we are going to be there live in person for an entire week learning and sharing learnings with the best people out there it is going to be absolutely awesome there's a link in the facebook page there uh if you want to um if you want to book me for a master's class i have um i have one master's class and one speaking engagement uh for a national sales convention for sherwin-williams coming up otherwise my entire 2023 is a clean slate as it is every year. Typically what happens is we start booking master's classes, which are all day events where I bring learnings, uh, as a master craftsperson and a paint business owner, I share real time data and lessons learned from my business, present them in action steps to you, get feedback. And we basically just teach each other how to, uh, how to run great businesses, take care of our clients and take care of our people. So, um, that's going to be awesome. My slate is clean. If you guys want a master's class in your area, I have a link to the person to email on, um, On Facebook I've actually partnered with the PCA the painting contractors Association where they run a lot of the logistics they connect a person a place and sometimes even an underwriter to pay for the event and then I step in and help with the content and everything else and we get it going it has been an amazing partnership it's an amazing partnership I'm taking all the resources of the painting contractors Association I'm hitting the road and I'm trying to connect people in real time these events can be as few as 10 people they can be as many as 150 people it is an an awesome time uh, you guys have been following along with my Midwest tour that ended up here recently um, you saw me in paint shops you saw me at college lecture halls you saw me at breweries you saw me all over the place uh, the Graco factory with the robots making sprayers like it is an amazing time it's an amazing time so um, let's see um, other thing is You guys know what's coming up after the first of the year. It is an annual tradition with Ask a Painter where I basically start from the top and work through all my steps to professionalization in a series we call Mastering the Basics. So basically, every single week after the start of the year, I'm gonna be going through my sheet, uh, uh, my steps to professionalization, exactly how I professionalize my business over the last six years, uh, with links, with resources, kind of like a recipe card of how to take it from I am a single person painter and I own my own job to creating systems around you, um, uh, functioning well with with, uh, hiring painters, recruiting painters, scheduling, estimating, creating a leadership team, um, job costing, things like that. It's my most popular shows of the year, besides when I paint something, uh, and we're basically gonna hit it hard every single week. And as always, I'll be sharing all of my resources with you. Links to all the shows uh, where I basically go through like a job costing template There'll be an hour-long treatise on here of exactly how I job cost and then I will actually give you my template I have nothing to sell folks ask a painter is is basically like uh, Public radio which is like it's free to everybody we get some people to pay for it the the cost big underwriters sponsors Things like that uh, so we can keep the lights on here Otherwise, I want to reach as many people as I can because so many people have helped me Uh, since I was a single owner operator and uh, I am a servant leader. I get a lot of energy out of giving back uh, naturally and I want to do the same for other people. So I want to, I want to weaponize. Uh, I want to be a force multiplier for what I do. And social media allows me to do that. And I love interacting with all you guys. It's a blast. Uh, Last thing is if you like professionalization and you want, um, back up a little bit, first off, most people, will not professionalize on their own. You need other people supporting uh, supporting you. So here's the deal. The PCA, uh, Jason Paris and I, along with the PCA and along with everybody else there, we took on an initiative uh, to create not only world-class painter training, so that when you bring people in, you can train your painters. There's an insane resource out there, of videos and things like that. You pay your membership fee, you train 100 painters with it. It's a a beautiful thing. But it's not good enough to just train people how to paint. You need to train the business owners on how to be good business owners. And I could go into a three-hour-long treatise, and I do on my master's classes, about why we actually need to work on ourselves and our businesses first, before we start going out there grabbing decent human beings. That's for another time. Biggest problem in our industry is uh, 99% of almost all businesses uh, in the painting industry uh, are single owner operators, which isn't good, it isn't bad, it just is, but they are likely unprofessional. The way that we can create a business and not just create our own jobs is to professionalize our businesses. The PCA has created the Business Accelerator. There's gonna be about 10 to 12 different cohorts, groups of people, 10 to 15 people that are gonna uh, sign up this year. The Spaces are pretty limited. Uh, There's a link in the Facebook show if you wanna get in here. But it's a cohort of 10 to 15 people where we actually go through in person, sometimes virtually, uh, all the steps to professionalization. There's a learning management system, there's quizzes, there's a group to support, there's a facilitator. And people like me and other subject matter experts actually bump into the class, bump into that class and actually ask questions and answer questions in live time. So it is an amazing resource. It is likely the cheapest, quickest, easiest way for you to take your business from a single person to something more. And uh, it's there at the PCA. On the Facebook feed uh, for this show, there is a, uh, a link for that. And they have been filling up almost the second that they get posted. So the next cohort starts in February. I would lickety-split and get on that. Because if you think you're going to start off uh, in January, like, yeah, I heard about this accelerator thing. I'll just get on there. It's likely you're going to be booking into, into uh, uh, summer. So get on there and do it we jason and i have poured our life into creating this resource for the industry along with the pca and we got it uh we made it live this fall and it's going to be awesome so enough of this talking it is christmas time i'm on day two of 10 off off as as much as business owners can be um uh, hanging out with my family so yesterday It's snowpocalypse up here. Uh, We got some crazy polar vortex. It's 35 wind chill. The winds are blowing 30, 40 miles an hour. They are shutting down um, uh, roads everywhere. And there are four pheasants walking through my field right there. This is beautiful. We got two roosters and two hens just pecking around looking for all the, uh, you know, we have wild prairie out here. Oh, there's another pheasant. Nope, another one too. Oh my God, we have How many are out there? Oh, there's about 15 pheasants out there standing there. Ah, that's beautiful. Ah, That's why we have the farm out here. So um, polar vortex, uh, roads are getting shut down. Yesterday we we went 45 minutes away uh, to buy my wife a Christmas present as a family. Uh, We took the kids out, adventured around, uh, stuff like that. And it has been absolutely fun uh, here. We're just hunkering down. It's cold, it's windy, Um, beautiful time. So, all right, here we go. I want to know, what you guys want to talk about. Let's get some questions rolling. Let's get some comments going. I think we will start with... All right, what do we got here? All right. Oh, we got a couple people chiming in on TikTok. Good morning. Let's go through... Ooh, here we go, IG. Hello, everybody. Man, we got a lot of people watching today. So, all right. Good morning, everybody. So awesome to see all these familiar faces here. Uh, Be aware with a heavy snowstorm ahead Ronnie. Yeah, so what's interesting is that we did get a lot of snow We did get a lot of rain stuff's going wild, but Ronnie my friend from Brazil um, It is uh, yeah, it has not been as bad as they thought so and I'm still looking at that flock of pheasants out there That is a beautiful sight man. It's awesome Uh, yes, uh, so uh, paint Baby, yes, my fellow uh, paint business uh, owner. Yeah, we got some awesome paint here because we just finished the largest, the largest Paint It Forward project in the company, uh, or excuse me, in uh, in the United States. We had, I think it was at least 10 painting companies come together and about 30 people. Uh, we had people actually like furnaces going out, snowed into their houses that couldn't make it. We, we planned on having about 50 people there. About 30 could actually get out of their houses uh, safely and get to Minneapolis. Uh, Thursday for an all day painting project we completely redid a gymnasium including getting two scissors lifts spraying the ceiling black doing all the walls white we did carpentry we did black trim everywhere we even did some painting on the floor I did one of my famous 90 minute murals on the wall for the uh, for the charitable organization we did the lobby where we had primer woodwork trim chalkboard walls purple walls accent walls we did a basement we completely sprayed all the ceilings the pipes the everything painted all the walls accent walls things like that that we accomplished likely about twenty eight thousand dollars worth of painting yesterday uh, for this charity in one day and all of the painting companies donated their time out there so it was an absolute wonderful time I really want to let my dog sig out there to go chase those pheasants it is actually pheasant season for another week here and If he could see this, he would probably go nuts. So, all right. Sorry, folks. I am distracted just like my dog is by pheasants, and it's just beautiful. So, all right, everybody. Uh, Mr. Wright Painter, aloha to you, my friend from Hawaii. All right. Matt McHugh, how's it going, man? Okay, Matt McHugh, uh, looking for the links. You got to go to Facebook, man. Sorry. uh, In this actual post here, I can get in after on Instagram and TikTok and post the links, but I can't do it uh, during the actual live Thing here so oh man Nick the painter how's it going Merry Christmas Eve to you too uh, would love to join the PCA as well and get that popular amongst uh, companies locally Ab- yeah Matt McHugh absolutely man I'm here as a resource for you if you need it uh, da, 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 da. oh my god Rick Mixell um, so no matter how small our business may be the accelerator is beneficial The business accelerator is made up for single person owner operators who want to do something. Uh, with their business again, running a small business, running a single uh, sole proprietor, um, single owner operator, is not a bad thing, but most people don't do it very well. The average take-home pay for a painter, a paint business owner in the United States, is about forty-three thousand uh, dollars, which is twenty-one and a half bucks an hour, and the average lifespan is two years. Those two things go together very quickly. So it's sort of like, yeah, you're making forty-three grand, you're taking on all this risk, and you go out of business. And uh, it's not. Uh, we need to professionalize, and that includes. Charging professional rates, get doing professional work, and taking care of our employees, Rick, the business accelerator is specifically for that. A single owner operators, small, um, you know, even uh, there's there's some that are million, million and a half dollar businesses that are in there because uh, that's that's what it's for. Nobody uh, nobody has completely solved this thing, but there's a whole bunch of steps in business we can take uh, to get it done. So. Ah, uh, the right painter, I'm going to the beach today. Yeah, I so I'm one of those dudes who loves winter here. <clears throat> I got that deer shack out there. We fire up the wood stove and we're sipping tea and cocoa out there in the winter wonderland. I love that stuff. I absolutely love it. So, uh, da, 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 da. oh man, how's it going? My my Pintor friends from Brazil are are, are, are chiming in. Love seeing you guys. Uh, JM Rinaldi, thanks for being so inspiring. Thank you so much. Oh, Pierpont Painting. Uh, what surprised you in the most in 2022 in your business, positive or negative? Um, so what surprised me the most is what my people are capable of. Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say that surprised me the most. What surprised me the most is the the gumption and the grit of my team. Uh, my people are absolutely amazing. Uh, we're only beginning to, to have them express their full potential. And um, it always surprises me. It always surprises me that... The simple, mundane, unsexy things that we do consistently that are seemingly meaningless actually make for more time and money freedom and a better experience for everybody, honestly. So when you think about updates, SOPs, scheduling, job costing, book work, being consistent with all that daily will lead to way bigger wins than some crazy moonshot where you innovate your entire company, add 20 apps to it, try a new coding process, all that other stuff. It's just like, it's such the way to go. All those simple, mundane, unsexy things, Mr. Pierpont. <laughs> uh, Matt McHugh, thanks much, man. I appreciate that. Uh, Ah, Whitaker, Uh, Merry Christmas from England. Thank you so much, across the pond. (laughs) Oh my god, JM, my four-year-old daughter says hi. Well, Merry Christmas everybody watching. Oh, Brian Struble, how's it going? What does your uh, one-on-one with your estimators look like? Oh yeah, so um, I have uh, GSRs coming up uh, at the first of the year, give or take. uh, Goal setting and review meetings. And they're actually some of the easiest uh, that I do in the entire company because they're Their performance is 100% individual, and it's 100% metric-based. It is so easy to see, here's how many estimates you did, here's your success ratio, here's your average job size. Um, It's just so easy to break down their performance like that, and it's never a question of what has to happen if we want to improve something or change something. So basically what I do is, um, with my leadership team, I have different goal setting and review meetings. The problem is with goal setting and review meetings, uh, sometimes they're easiest when people are either performing very poorly, when you can just say, here's exactly what we need to do improve, or it's it's sometimes easier. It, that is the easiest. When somebody's not performing well, it's pretty easy to give them guidance on what to do in a performance plan. The problem is with my leadership team, a lot of them are, not a lot of them, they all are super performers. So The biggest challenge for me is putting out reach goals for them. And I know when I've picked a reach goal when they're excited about it, but they're a little uncomfortable and hesitant about it. And so Brian, you know this, you're you're a wonderful business owner, and you actually came to my shop with your leadership team and, and hung out, and you saw how that worked one-on-ones with my leadership team are constantly trying to find goals that will that will push them and challenge them and improve them both personally and professionally and there's a fine line because we could just say double what you do right but then if they if they can't possibly find a win in that or can't possibly be attained it's not a great goal so finding them reach goals honestly is like things that will move the business forward and then personally uh, yeah let's see Crane painting, go more molecular in 2023. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting year, especially with the... with the mastering the basics series, after the first of the year, we are going to be. Uh, this is going to be the most innovative, most to the point series of shows that um, this uh, the viewers have ever seen. Uh, Out of Ask a Painter, um, you know, between broadcasting in many places, an improved lighting rig right here, uh, things like that, uh, broadcasting over cell service and all this other stuff. We're really going to get after it, folks, and uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. We're gonna we're gonna show mastering the basics of both painting stuff and also running a business. It's going to be great here. So. Um, Oh yeah, my Brazilian friends here. Uh, would you share the details of your apprenticeship program? Yes, I would. Uh, you have my email address. Uh, Club D Professional Pintor, my good friend. We actually spent time in Brazil together uh, years ago when I was there. Um, you have my email address. If you email me, I will share those with you. So, yeah. Bon dia all my friends in Brazil. Holy mama, we got our Brazilians chiming in. Good to see you guys. Man, Merry Christmas. Feliz Nadal to all my friends. So, in Brazil. <laughs> Uh, I've been to many oh Ronnie my good friend from Brazil Ronnie's my interpreter my handler and my friend uh, from Brazil I can firmly say that the system that you have created and developed throughout this time is a uh, process apart mastering the basics is the thing yep you know better than anybody Ronnie's an interesting guy Uh, he's actually in Dubai coaching a world skills team which is like the painting Olympics uh, in Dubai so Ronnie's an interesting dude I love following him around and glad that he's my friend so all right let's go back to Facebook holy mama I am I am not giving you you guys the credit on here oh my god uh, Skyler sorry we're mirror image uh, Skyler uh, one of the owners of surf prep man love you guys you guys are inspirational uh, you buff my kids out with all this great gear right here also <clears throat> every year I come and hang out with you and your family at your uh, facility and I get inspired to be a better human and a better father and a better business owner and uh, if you guys have not met uh, the feria family Skylar, Mary, all the kids, Hannah and everything, they are world-class humans, world-class humans. They happen to sell the best sander in the world, which is also cool, but... Them as humans and them, how they run a business is one of the most inspiring things I've ever seen. So you guys, yeah, you know exactly, uh, you inspire everybody in this industry. So uh, Aaron Steininger, Home Alone, love it, man. Thank you so much, I appreciate that. Uh, Jorn Vanderberg from across the pond as well, doing the last estimations before Christmas. Oh, nice, man. Uh, Nick Joe, how's it going? We actually got to sit down together in Detroit. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks Griswold Jersey on right now. I love that. Aaron King, my friend from Wisconsin, what time will the Tom and Jerry's be served? Oh, this is hilarious. So that's a very old-fashioned-y sort of drink that uh, all the bars start pouring out. It's kind of like a batter or something. It's, it's an interesting drink. If you've never had one, you should try one, but it's like, it's super old fashioned and you go down to all the local bars downtown and they'll they'll have Tom and Jerry's out today and things like that, so. Uh, Steve Lockwood sent you an email, Nick. Looking for job costing template. I just use my own and paper now. So, yeah, absolutely. Steve, we've been corresponding you know you got my email address nick at nickslavic.com. <clears throat> and i can absolutely send you that stuff just like anything and also after the first of the year job costing is one of the first things we hit so hold tight it's coming for you so jeremy gilliland oh my good friend from oklahoma good morning and merry christmas same to you you're in vanderburg asking how cold so I think it's below zero right now. I think it's negative five Fahrenheit. Uh, eh, We have some crazy winds and it's probably like a negative 35 wind chill. So it feels like negative 35 out there. And judging by short amount of time my puppy sig goes out there to take a leak and he runs back into the house and warms up I'd say it's pretty cold out there so um, morning Nick oh Anthony Cade what's up man I appreciate you man have you ever had two employees that don't get along with each other and how did you handle it yes that's gonna happen all the time Um, so number one you have to uh, I've been this is a this is a thought and a theory that I've been playing with for about 18 months now which is trying to decide not all employees are gonna work out, right? Trying to decide how you determine when an employee should not be with you or when it's time to pour resources into an employee. And as far as I can tell, the theory that we've come up with and that I used to coach by team as well is if they are a core value match, pour resources into them. If they are not a core value match, you give them a performance plan and if they don't change, exit them immediately. If they do not share your core values or you can't prove they share your core values, any amount of uh, resource allocation to them uh, does not work out. At least in my uh, in my experience, I have. Um some of the people who struggled the most in my business—it's usually never painting. It's normally uh, something we call MPC, mass personal chaos, which is something's going on in their life outside of their employment that really affects their employment. They just don't perform well. The people who have interacted probably the most poorly with my company—we've poured the most resources in over the years. Naturally, you want to help the people that need it the most, and honestly, it hasn't worked out all that well. There's not been a great return on it. What we have found is that the people who are absolutely core value match. We love hanging around them. Maybe struggle a little bit with some of the interpersonal stuff here or the painting stuff. Those are the humans you dump your time and resources into. You Give it all to them because those are the people who actually appreciate it. So that's kind of what I what I do. If we have two two employees that don't get along, it's, I think this has only happened maybe once uh, in the company's history in 15 years where it was kind of a pointed thing. And uh, what I did was I determined, well, is this a core value or a code of conduct problem? Or is this just like... Just young people doing stuff. And uh, we found out it was kind of just young people doing stuff. So it was a pretty easy thing. I sit down and personally counsel them. I read them our code of conduct and just tell them like, you know, this isn't what we do. We're like, this is the decent human being theory, the golden rule stuff. Like we don't do this. No, that's just not, that's not how humans function. And we separated them and they were fine after that. So yeah, but just laying down the law and you know, people are people, nobody's perfect. So it's just kind of how it is. So uh, yeah, Uh, great, great question, Anthony. And that's something that I've been working on. So Noah Tucker, how's it going, man? morning merry christmas to you so noah uh, one of the things that we've been talking about via email is starting up a second ohio painters group a gathering group Um, and uh, i'm here to help you and i think because of your uh, weird location the cincinnati area something about indiana something about kentucky and ohio it could be the gathering of Ohio to indie tucky something but either way you know if you take the lead on that you got the full forces of me all the viewers here and then the pca behind you if you want to get that going because these these gathering groups are amazing um if if Jason Paris and I started The Gathering of Minnesota Painters, Gomp, a whole bunch of years ago here in Minnesota. People got word of it. They thought it looked pretty cool and they're doing it themselves. There are no dues. There's no meeting minutes. There's no budgets. There's no nothing. It's just painters getting together. There's a Facebook group. There's a this and that. The PCA caught wind of this and uh, just like the movie Fight Club, these things are spreading across the United States. Uh, We don't want it to turn into a fight club, uh, but we do want people to get together. So. Um, uh, the PCA has actually started listing all of the groups you guys are creating the gathering of something painters and they're all listed there and there's actually a resource that I helped create which is like how to start one meeting uh, agendas uh, things like reaching out to sponsors and uh, uh, calendars and things like that so there's a link in that in the PCA's website too it's likely I will make a post Linking all those things later so you can find one near you or start one up uh, they're super cool. So uh, all right, let's go find some more polar vortex. You're in Vanderberg. Yes, it's wild over here. Oh my God. Uh, Alec. Good morning. Uh, Nick from the Sherwin-Williams company in Whitehall, Pennsylvania. Uh, I am big fans of you guys there. You run an awesome team and uh, thank you so much for the kind words. Uh, Aaron, we got the bomb cyclone in addition to the polar vortex. Listen, these weather people have lost their minds, man. We, we never used to have branded weather as a kid. It was either just snowing or it wasn't, or it's windy or it's not, or it's cold and it's not. And now there's like, there's names and branding for this stuff. Like, just stop. Just stop. Oh, Matt, I give you permission to pause the live broadcast and go shoot a pheasant. Like, honestly, I'm watching them kind of work their way across my land. I am 100% taking my little puppy, Sig, out there, and we are going to go track some of those down, because he deserves it. He's a good he's a good little man. So, uh, yeah, Matt, you guys are going to have to make your way up here uh, one of these times, and we're going to have to do uh, some pheasant hunting here uh, if you're ever open to it. So, Mario Lopez, uh, Merry Christmas from Ventura, California. It's going to be nice and 80 degrees today. Oh, man, I love it. I Love it. I am a short two hundred and forty dollar plane ticket away from that which is always a nice thing to know So but I do love the winter here Uh, Todd Roberts not paint related. You mentioned pheasant and I see you looking at them. What's your favorite shotgun? So I Did not grow up with guns Uh, my introduction to guns started um, With my uncle I have an uncle who's uh, he calls himself a play pig Uh, he water skis he snow skis uh he does crazy stuff with jeeps he's a mountain biker he's a runner he's like a shooting sports enthusiast sailboater just wild. Like he's just one of those dudes who's like, yeah, I just do fun stuff all the time. And I don't have any head trash about it. i make stuff out of wood. I'm good at electrical stuff. Uh, he's just, he's like a huge inspiration to me. He actually introduced me to pheasant hunting when I was a very young guy. He used to take me out. Uh, I am, I, I actually, so this is kind of interesting. I don't want to go off too much on a tangent, but I do not fetishize weapons. Um, I see weapons as, uh, kind of like Not good, not bad, but like I see them as potentials for changing lives and in a bad way. And so uh, the military, uh, my my experience there with all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, I had a paratroopers carbine, which is a M4, which is a small collapsible sort of like what you think of like a M16, give or take. But it's a smaller one for paratroopers. I had a, a saw, a squad automatic weapon, which is just like a... Uh, paratroopers carbine but a machine gun style Uh, and then my personal choice was the m60 which is the um, they call the pig the hog the war pig it is the same uh, machine gun that uh, uh, Rambo used and fired from the hip a belt-fed machine gun I actually have a belt of um, uh, bullets right there uh, from my old m60 Uh, that thing was a wild thing Um, I used to be able to shoot a three man silhouette target from 800 meters away, which is half a mile, in a five round burst, and hit it consistently. You'd fire, you go, dit, 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 and then you'd have about a two second pause, and then you'd hear it hit the silhouette. I digress, but I learned that weapons are interesting. Um, I do not, I don't really look forward to shooting them. I'm not against it or anything else. I do see them as something that can give you some great experiences, but I am not one of those guys who sort of like, I love guns, I research them, I do all this stuff. It's like, no, I'm very careful with them. Uh, I have a very interesting experience because I basically lived with one uh, tied to my hip uh, for four years and I just see them as a thing now. But I can also see the potential for harm in them. And I'm just very realistic about what they are. Um, (laughs) Having said that, having not had a background in a lot of weapons, I went out there and I got like the Ford F-150 of just about everything. So uh, when I got my first shotgun, I got a Remington 870 Wingmaster. It's one where it's got a slug barrel and a bird barrel on it. Um, And it was just one of those things, it's like they made a billion of them, you can get them for 200 bucks. They never fail, you can dump a handful of sand, you can uh, dunk it in a lake and it'll always shoot. It's like an AK-47, just impossible to break. Uh, you can shoot deer, you can shoot pheasants, you can shoot anything you want with it. When we got a uh, 22 because I feel like every family should have a twenty two with a nice little scope to teach your kids how to uh, shoot, we got a Ruger 10 because I was told that that was like the, you know, the F-150 of uh, 22s, it's like the Google, the Nike, the you know Ford F-150 of it, so we got that, that's a beautiful gun. Um, trying to think, oh, we got this little Brazilian, this Rossi uh, 410, just a single crack apart, single shotgun, because I wanted my kids to have a little more gentle shotgun than a 12 gauge, teach them how to do some wing shooting. Uh, and then we actually bought a, uh, a Savage uh, 2020, I believe it is. It's a 20 gauge slug gun that can shoot accurately up to 200 yards, give or take, with a beautiful scope. So I think my next um, my next purchase will likely be the closest thing I can get to an M4, or we might actually get, well, we can't shoot deer in my area with rifles. We have to use shotguns with slugs, which I'm not a fan of. But I think I, I would actually like a nice... 30 odd, six, 30, 30, 300 wind mag, just some nice weapon that I can shoot four or 500 yards with and just get accurate instead of these dumb hip cannons that we, that we shoot deer with here. So, uh, but it's fun teaching my kids safety, teaching my kids to appreciate this stuff is a big thing and it takes a lot of years, but yeah, uh, that's, that's that. So, uh, thanks Todd. Appreciate that. Andrew Crick, Merry Christmas, thank you so much. Troy Frederick, I do have a couple questions for you northern folks. Do I need to be uh, worried my hoses burst last night over 22 degrees? Uh, yeah, so uh, our houses are built with insulation for this stuff, so shouldn't be a problem, but I see some of this weather dipping down in there into the other parts of the country. A trick for when it gets like 50, 60 below zero up here and insulated houses can't really help, you can actually, if you keep your water running a little bit, it won't be stagnant and freeze. So that's just an old thing. You can open up, uh, you know, most of us have our under-sink traps and all this stuff in a cabinet. Open that so you can get more airflow. You can even turn a fan or a hairdryer on some of that stuff if you're really scared that it's going to freeze. So, uh, Gustavo, what's your biggest win and biggest loss this year? Not referring to money. Biggest win is... um, Uh, interesting story I'm gonna share with you guys holy mama Um, the first two quarters we did some major experiments including hiring 12 people all at once give or take uh, things like that we built out our leadership team or investing in our facility we went from two quarters of net loss because of investment to the uh, quarter three and quarter four we we did we performed so well In quarter three and quarter four it actually brought us out of the hole and up into profitability uh, which is a wonderful thing and that's crazy to do to move that far in one year with this many people so um, the biggest the biggest um, the biggest win would be that proving that with a good leader a good system and good people and everybody who shares core values you can accomplish amazing things the biggest loss is always personal uh, personal stuff Uh, not personnel personnel stuff um, you have hope in some people, you set somebody up for a success, and there's something outside of your control, and sometimes even their control, that makes them not succeed. And you hope for the best, you pour resources, both your time and your treasure into them, and uh, sometimes people just don't respond or want the opportunity. And that always just kind of like sits bad with me because I, to a fault, I want people around me to be happy. And it really bums me out that, you know, listen, I, I, when you pulled me aside in fifth grade and asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? It wasn't a house painter, right? And I think I can safely say that with every single human uh, in my business right now, I don't think anybody, if you pulled them aside up until they got this job that said they want to be a house painter when they grow up. So for me, it's always this thing like this, Being a master craftsperson or a paint business owner doesn't seem to be something that people seek out or a passion job. It is for me. I clearly love this. I just wanna show that to other people. But since people find themselves here, I'm trying to open people's eyes up to the possibilities, the time and money freedom that a life of being a master craftsperson and or a trades business owner can do for people. And when I don't succeed with that, um, I beat myself up a lot. I beat myself up a lot. And uh, I've had jobs that i don't enjoy in the past but i worked my tail off i tried to get really good at it because you never know where it leads you never know what opportunity is there you never know who's watching even if i never planned on being there forever i still did the decent human being thing overperformed, and made sure that that was a resource later in my life and those uh i actually worked for one of my first jobs was my local ace hardware And uh, the family still owns it. Their their family empire has grown. They own eight stores around here. They're a great resource. I bounce business ideas off them every once in a while. They're also a great vendor of mine. We have this very special relationship because I knew I was not going to be a stock boy at Ace Hardware the rest of my life. But I wasn't gonna burn the business down or say bad things or burn any bridges. It's like, no, I like those people. I'm gonna overperform, I'm gonna leave, make sure everybody's got a good taste in their mouth. And years later, when I started my own business, it came right back around to help me. And I love working with that family. They're a great vendor of ours. Uh, we love we love interacting with them. So that's my biggest loss of the year is, I always wonder if I'm not a good enough leader uh, If I'm not able to inspire somebody just to see the potential in what getting good at something does. It doesn't even necessarily have to be painting. It could be leadership. It could be interpersonal skills. It could be client relations. It could be anything. And when somebody doesn't succeed in my company, I really do beat myself up and my team beats us up. And it will always, the biggest losses will always be those things. Uh, Gustavo, uh, great question. Uh, Merry Christmas, Justin. How's it going? Justin calls uh, Jason Webb my friend. Hi, Nick. You're starting off goal setting Which would be your first choice in your company followed by second choice goal setting? Um, So it depends Um, Number one goal should always be profitability without profit. There's no reason to do this, right? if if you do not make money owning a paint business, you are technically a nonprofit and uh, You can only do that for so many years before the IRS reclassifies you as a hobby Uh, and sometimes you can't even take write offs then. So number one, you have to make money, not only to pay your people, to, to give resources, uh, to take care of your family and yourself. So you don't have that stress of money. Number two is basically being a good leader. Uh, Those things constantly work on yourself now There's a whole bunch of other stuff like number one know how to paint have proven SOPs number two start job costing your projects Like those are like tactical things we should be doing that are like nuts and bolts of business But for me honestly if I'm talking about my goals number one We have to plan for profit so I can give my people these crazy opportunities like we have a pay scale that is unrivaled by any company I've seen we can take people who have not graduated high school don't have a formal education, don't have sellable skills, don't have a great performance track record on their resume, and in four years take them from just under $40,000 to over $78,000 a year. Health insurance, retirement, paid time off, four-day work week, all the good stuff that comes with it um, if people share our core values. And so we're only able to offer that because we are a profitable company, right? If we're not making money, we can't do any of that stuff. So yeah, that plan for profit and constantly work on yourself. Thank you, Jason. I love all your comments. You've been a great supporter of me and what I do, and it doesn't go unnoticed. I do appreciate it. Hayden Owens, is there still a way to become a PCA certified or whatever it is to be called instead of just a member? I cannot find any more on the website. There are resources that you can sort of like tap into and do, but honestly, here's the thing, folks for about $400, about a dollar a day, give or take, you can get the entire resource library of the PCA. You can get the painter's training, you can become certified, you can have standards, you can have Overdrive, the curated library of videos and podcasts like the Netflix of what we do. You can have all the resources and everything else. You get discounts to all the live events. Uh, Hayden, I would say, and, and this is almost, like 400 bucks is not nothing, right? But here's the deal, we waste so much money on other stuff in our business, we have no problem spending $2,600 on a sprayer and calling it. Well, you have to invest; it's a new toy, and we 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 post pictures posing with our new $2,600 big boy wheeled sprayer. But we won't spend $400 dollars to invest in ourselves. Business accelerator, painter training, standards, uh, Overdrive, all that other stuff, all these live events. Literally, if you want to change your life, being a PCA member. And interacting using all the resources and then having uh, interacting with the people in the PCA for 400 bucks it's almost stupid not to do it honestly like I, uh, I will show you guys the growth curve of myself personally and my business after the first of the year there is one inflection point and it has to do with when I met the PCA when I met Jason Paris and I started collaborating with other people from the PCA we went from stagnation to this to this and we're still going there because of that and the PCA is the most amazing resource ever Hayden if you ever need to talk to me personally about the PCA I am here for you absolutely Merry Christmas Sumter good to see you my friend Bill Howland uh, Nick thank you for your inspiration your positive and genuine way to approach life has helped us a lot listen man I appreciate that and sometimes I forget Time to get a little introspective. Sometimes I forget the reach of this sort of thing. Um, There are people who comment frequently, like Jason Webb, like all these other people. uh, And there are other people who never sort of like post or interact, but they do watch every single show and and look at all the posts and things like that. And sometimes it's when I go to an an in-person event and somebody said, hey, I've been following you for four years. Your resources have... Really change the way I do business. Just thanks. Just seeing another example of somebody in my shoes and working through these problems is like really good for me. And I realize like they've never commented on a video, they've never done anything, but they've been taking it in over the years. And I, I sometimes forget because this is a sort of lonely pursuit. Most of the time, you know, people think, "Well, this is you're in front of all these people." It's like I am alone when I do this stuff all the time. There's a few Ask a painter lives I have a guest on, but this is solitary right now. So uh, it's interesting to see that, and I appreciate that. Joshua Houston Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. I do appreciate that. Let me go through here. Looking at some more. Sorry, just looking through some Facebook comments here. Do, 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 do oh let's see jonathan rinaldi come to columbus columbus ohio how far is columbus from cincinnati jonathan how dare you i was just there you can make the drive no but i've been to columbus before Uh, i will absolutely come back again uh if you send me an email we'll get a thing started noah tucker you started a page oh good 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 i love that um noah uh, send me a link to the facebook page and i'll get it listed on the pca website and we can start blasting it out Cruz Chavez, how much is it to get into the PCA? Uh, It's about a dollar a day. Uh, Membership is about 400 bucks. It's likely that some of those membership prices may change in the coming years. So um, I would say uh, get in there ASAP. Uh, You don't have to wait till the start of the year. Your your membership is like prorated and whatever else. But it also, you can recoup a lot of that money just by going to the expo and you get a big discount getting in there too. So uh, loving that. Uh, Cruz, if you need any more information on the PCA, I'll have links here. Oh, I love this. The Gathering of Ohio Painters, Swohinky, I absolutely love that. Hinky, my man, Noah. All right, so um, yeah, send me send me the link, uh, uh, highlight it or send it by email and I will get that stuff in there. Skylar Stewart, my friend who's been on a retreat with me. Good to see you, my friend. Merry Christmas, Jason Webb. If you were starting off goal setting, what would be your basic goals? Um, okay, so Jason, we're gonna have to get a little more uh, specific here. So. We're going to have to go either like numbers for the business or me personally or whatever else. Because we could go, we want to do $3.1 million in revenue. We want to have this many full-time W-2s, this much sub, this much interior, exterior, this much, um, you know, whatever else, but uh, yeah, I need to know if we're talking about personal goals or uh, or just nuts and bolts goals for the business. So Browning A5, Mr. Steve Lockwood, thank you so much commenting on the gun stuff. We've started to do open gym and different events as a marketing strategy. I know your favorite plan is Flyers. What's the biggest marketing risk you've taken? Uh, marketing risks, um, so social media has never really panned out for me and it kind of continues not to pan out for me. It doesn't give you the same return as other stuff. Um, there's lots of things. All we do as business owners is to see the opportunity in things, uh, and then we don't really track it very well, and then we're just like left with this feeling after it. Like, hey, we spent $10,000 marketing, but we did get that one forty thousand dollars job, so hey, money earned. No, you didn't. That's a 25% cost of marketing for that job. You paid $10,000 for the privilege to get a $40,000 job. You've already lost 25% on that job, and it's not profitable. So you have to think about it differently, which is, how many leads did you get? The funnel gets down, leads, estimates, sold jobs. And there should be a number attached. What does it cost to, of that marketing to get you an estimate, or excuse me, a lead that turns into an estimate? What's the price of that? And then what's the price of a sold job? And if you look at those three numbers for all your marketing, you're gonna find that one actually does a lot better than the others. And that's the sort of thing where you gotta pour your money into. Now, never stop experimenting though, because this year things are changing. Uh, I query about five or six of my paint business owner friends in the industry. Um, Oh, and I see Alpine Painting uh, here. Uh, We'll get to you in just a second in Instagram. I love my Alpine Painting friends. So um, you got to do experiments. I query five or six of my uh, business owner um, friends in the industry, much bigger, much more professional than me. All of them across the board said cost of acquisition is up this year, which rivals my data set, which means it's costing more to get leads. And also some of the things like flyers aren't producing the same results. Uh, We also had no spring rush. Uh, which is really interesting. So things are changing, and that means we're constantly trying new things. We're trying three different forms of marketing this year. We're doing email marketing. We're doing social media. What else are we doing? I forget the other one. Uh, Email marketing social media. We're doing one other one I think we're doing some SEO and some AdWords some more experiments with that But yeah, we're constantly trying new things because you never know and uh, the more professional I get the bigger I get The more I realize that it's got to be a mix of things It's got to be some things where you use your effort to market something you use your money to market things like that So all right, let's go back to Alpine here Um, All right, man, Jason Webb you're hopping around on Instagram and Facebook here Oh man, Alpine painting, I love you guys. Dave Scaturo and your entire family there, man, thank you for all the Christmas cards too. I absolutely love you guys, you're so thoughtful. Um, Interesting story, people say why the PCA, is it worth it? Dave Scaturo, he's from New Jersey, he runs a painting business likely 10 times bigger than mine he is a monster he goes all up and down the east coast they travel they do oil rigs they do big and commercial industrial all this other stuff i've been personally invited to his shop before we spent time together he took me under his wing when i first joined the pca uh him and along with gina uh gina court who's a monster commercial and industrial uh contractor from denver one of the first two people i met in the pca at an expo was dave scaturro owner of Alpine painting, one of the owners. And uh, there's no reason he should have given his time to me. I was a single painter business owner at that time. I had no idea what I was doing. I came in to this PCA experience with all this gusto of like, boy, if I got this figured out, I'm the best at this. I'm the most expensive. I don't know. I I could tell you guys some things, but I'm certainly not going to take anything away. I met Dave Scaturo and I got put on my ass. He is thousand times more professional than me personally and and in business he's one of the most impressive dudes on the planet and he took me under his wing for the last six years and has basically just like given me any time that I ever asked for him for this you would not think that a guy who paints oil rigs can help a single residential house painter from Minnesota but it's guys like Dave that have literally changed my life in the PCA and I'm grateful and I don't forget it. He doesn't either. Uh, He personally sends me Christmas cards every year. That's how thoughtful he is. There's no reason he needs to do that at all. He has a thousand other things he should be doing, but he takes the time. If you want to know, if you want to know what the people in the PCA are like, that's what they're like. All right. Jason Webb, thank you. Oh, man, you guys are great. Yes, Jason Webb is a PCA open and non-residents. We were just talking about this at a board meeting the other day 100% 100% you guys should look into it. It's a it's a really amazing resource here um, Oh man, here we go. The Curvy Brush, enjoy your content. I'm one of the quiet observers. I love that. Yep, there are so many out there and I've not seen your name comment before. So thank you for that on Instagram. I appreciate that. Manitou Painting, good morning. Holy mama, we got some people watching today. I caught people on a nice uh, nice morning here. So hello Nick, have you ever... Uh, Are you having Mauro Enrique again? Love that episode. Uh, Mauro's a good friend of mine. Mauro is the painter from this old house. He's the guy. He's likely the most famous painter in the United States. He is a Brazilian, and he is this old house's painter. Love that. So Garcia Brothers Painting? Uh, Yes, I think I will contact Mauro again. It's been a while since we had him on. I think we've done two episodes with him. There's going to be another uh, um, uh, series of this old house dropping soon. So uh, I think I'll take in some episodes, have some questions for him. And then, uh, yeah, we'll get Mauro back on. I love Mauro, man. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. All right. Uh, Jason Webb, personal goals. All right. So Jason Webb was asking about personal goals. Uh, So here's the thing. If I had to set up personal goals for myself, number one is I have to figure out how to be a better leader every year. Uh, I have to be happy. I have to be optimistic. I have to be caring. I have to be empathetic. I have to hold the standards, though. That is a thing. Uh, the culture of this company and the success of it largely starts with me, and then it tr- trickles through my leadership team and then to all of our craftspeople. So, um, yeah, it's. I have to constantly be a better leader. So I'm taking in any input I can from that. And uh, the PCA has really been a resource for me. Uh, being on the board of directors there has really taught me how to be a leader and lead through committee and lead a board of volunteers versus just being the business owner and uh, commanding people around to do stuff. So if I had to lay out goals for business owners, if you're a single owner operator, uh, number one, I would say... Personal goals, um, block schedule your time, put constraints on your time and stick to them. Have, have an accountability partner and do that. Whatever your hours are, if you wanna give it 10 hours a day, eight hours a day, how many of days a week, put that on your calendar, schedule, block schedule how you're gonna use your time and have somebody actually hold you to it. Have an accountability partner because we will always find ways to work 70, 80 hours a week. You don't need to. Um, there are times when it's important when you're starting a business or when you're massively growing. But if you're not massively growing or even aggressively growing, uh, I don't know that you need to be doing 80 hours a week. Um, putting constraints on your time isn't because you're a sucker using all that time. It's because it's a challenge to yourself to do better with the resource that you have. And one of our biggest resources is time. Uh, I would absolutely do that. Uh, I would always put. Um, as close as you can schedule culture building, connection with your people, do that. Find ways to do it. Like, we have leadership team meetings, we have boss lunches, we have happy hours, I have job site visits, constant, constant touches. Somebody's getting um, uh, interacted with about 12 times a day uh, if you work in my company. It's either in person via Slack, communication, support, calls, text, everything else, so it's big there. I would do those two things. Start scheduling your time. All right, Alpine Painting and the Scaturo uh, family. How successful has your hiring efforts been recently? So interesting trend over the last bunch of years I've pared my my efforts down we're in a maintenance hiring sort of thing now we're taking on two to four people four times a year give or take uh, at at quarters Um, the things that I normally do have still been producing results they don't produce these crazy flashbang results so 18 months ago I would put out the same ad in the same places and I would get over 100 applicants now we're getting 40 applicants give or take so either it's saturated either the um, unemployment rate is very, very low, which it is. It's about 2% in this county, which is insane. Um, that's might've changed, but we've we've always had really good efforts. I know that if I put 50 hours towards it and I put about four grand worth of ads out in these same places, I will always find two to four people that as far as I can tell, share my core values and would be a, a successful person on the team. So, But I have seen this crazy response get smaller and smaller in the last 18 months. So I think in 2023, we're gonna... Um, the innovation we're going to do with hiring is going to be really relational based where we're actually going to, we're going to morph into a a pseudo recruiting firm and not just a farming firm. So really like, If I just put ads out there and farm the leads that come in for potential employees, that's kind of like, that's a pretty passive way of doing it. Now, if it works, great, do that because it's the easiest way to do it. The harder thing to do is to actually go out there and recruit, form relationships with schools, with other employers, with things like that, and form relationships with people and then bring them on. And uh, the best hires uh, we have in this company, some of them, some of the best hires we have have been a lot of the relational ones. So I think we're going to do that. Uh, Alpine. Oh, man. Merry Christmas. Love you guys, too. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Micah. Micah, uh, one of my friends from Olive Holdings. Merry Christmas, my friend. I am huge fans of what you guys do and what you're doing for our industry. If any of you guys do not know Jason Paris, Chet, Alex, um, Micah, the rest of the guys over there at Olive Holdings, you need to follow them on Instagram and you need to have a conversation with them. They're one of the most inspirational trades companies in the U.S., honestly. And what they're doing is literally inspiring an entire industry. So love that you guys are right here. And my friends in this industry, right down the road, 45 minutes away as well too. We're all better when we all do better guys, right? Uh, the 210 painters. Thank you for sharing the info. What would be your advice be for a small business starting out this year? Feliz Navidad. Yes. Feliz Navidad, my friend. This is simple, man. Um, right now, here are the things read the book traction, Watch Mastering the Basics on Ask a Painter starting at the first of the year. Get all of my free resources and start there. Join the PCA. Join the Business Accelerator and start networking with other painters. Literally this year, you will have more time. You will have more money. You'll have more certainty. Less crazy swings of feelings if you do those things. I can guarantee you, I have done all of those things. I have done all of those things. And I'm here today because of those things. This is not me on behalf of the PCA trying to sell you stuff. You can find it somewhere else. You can try it on your own. It didn't work for me. That's what I did. So I would do that. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. We'll do a couple more Instagram, then hop back to Facebook. Ding, doo, 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 doo. let's see okay sash right how's it going uh okay back to oh, we got a lot of uh facebook messages here so holy mama we'll go with uh da, 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 da. jeremy Gilland. when the 60 talks everybody listens that's he's talking about my beloved m60 and someday somehow i will either buy a replica or a decommissioned version to hang here in my war room because I, uh, I was I was one of the last dudes to be issued one of those and jump out of planes at Fort Bragg. We have a big padded case for paratroopers that you put your weapon in, you actually tie it to your leg. Uh, and when you're coming out, uh, your parachute opens up. Before you hit the ground, you lower your weapon down so you don't crunch it on your side. Your weapon hits the ground first, you land after it, and you do not want to land on that M60. That sucker is like a, a tree with a bunch of sticks coming out of it. You can really, it's got some big bolts on it and things like that, and you can really hurt your legs and stuff when you fall on it but I had it was funny at the gun range when I used to pop off you know five to ten round bursts with that thing it was a different sound than everything out there and you can understand why they call it the pig and the hog and it is a war machine man and I I had a great time with my m60 it actually had a a serial number from Vietnam so uh, cool thing that thing's been around the world a few times so Uh, Gustavo, have you considered getting a bow and arrow? Yes, I, uh, I, uh, I archery hunt for deer out here. And actually, uh, the first deer I ever shot was with my bow and arrow on the back of my own farm right out there. Uh, it was a wonderful time. Big, beautiful dough out there. So, uh, Ansa Painting, Merry Christmas from Arizona. Uh, oh, Troy Frederick, sprayer hoses. You actually about sprayer hoses? Yes, do not leave your sprayers outside, people. In Minnesota, we have an SOP in my company where we actually have a tote of perishables and our sprayers, they do not stay overnight in our vans. You will literally ruin a sprayer. Um, I actually saw a post on social media, um, I think it was yesterday, where somebody was saying, hey, paint can freeze maybe once and then it's no good. If it freezes, multiple times it's no good if frost ever touches paint it is ruined I've never seen an example where paint has froze and thawed out and been usable again so we actually have a tote of tape patch caulking you know rattle cans of primer things like that that comes out of every van every night and gets stored in uh, in our shop uh, so it doesn't get ruined so Shane Walker good morning Jim Callahan my good friend here from Minnesota good morning good morning Merry Christmas Scott McDowell How do you plan for seasonality when transitioning from sole proprietor to a company with employees on payroll? How long before you stepped off the job site versus being a field operator trying to dial in my systems? So here's the deal. This is always the question that people have. Well, how much money should I save? What do I have to be in order to have or what do I need to see or do to prove that I can take on employees or keep them busy through the winter? Guess what? Just do it you're gonna do just fine. Most single owner operators have more work than they can handle, and you don't even know you're turning away a lot of work. Um, One of the scariest times in my professional life is when I stopped just hiring summer help and took on my first full-time year rounder. And literally, I was like, I don't know how the hell I'm gonna keep this person busy. But the difference is I, I worked much differently. I was way more intentional about finding work in the winter when I had another person to support. It's an accountability partner with you. When I was a sole proprietor, I worked my tail off. But if I happened to have a Thursday or a Friday off, I went ice fishing. Not a big deal because I could still support my family with the money, but I wasn't forced to do it. When I had my first full-time year-round employee, guess what? My lead time didn't go down at all. We had work all winter, and it was absolutely awesome. Um, When I reset this business six or seven years ago, I hired 10 people in one year and trained them all myself. And guess what? We had work all year, win- uh, all winter long. The next year, we hired another 12. We had 22 painters, still had work for them all the time. We had so much work out there that we didn't even know we were turning it away. When we became open to it, magically, it was all there. We were just unconsciously were pushing things away. So best advice I think I ever got about being a parent came from my grandma, Nana, Uh, who is a very old and wise person, came from a farm family of 13, milked a cow by hand uh, before school when she was five years old. Uh, She speaks a different language. I mean, this is like, literally, she's been here. She's seen no electricity outhouse, and now she texts me. She's seen it all. She's seen the entire cool part of history. I asked her, like, when do you know that you're ready to have kids? When do you, when do you, how much money do you need to have? Where, what's the headspace? What experiences do you have to have? And she basically just like give me, shh. She gave me one of those things It's like, if you have a kid, you'll find a way to pay for it. You'll find a way to feed them. You're a good father, you're going to do this. So, and we did. If you hire an employee, you will find a way to keep them employed. In the 15 year history of this company, I had all those fears. We have never once laid a human off in 15 years. In fact, we got a great backlog. We offer everybody 40 uh, 40 hours a week nora dangle uh my my wonderful cousin you know our nana uh you have had some uh, great years with her as well too and uh yeah it's a great thing you started your own family probably under uh after seeking advice from nana as well too so no it was uh nana is a calming uh magical person in all of our lives and uh yeah along with uh, along with my uncle super inspirational people and uh yeah uh, nora is actually one of my uncle's daughters uh it's a super awesome family here so yeah let's see here what else we got a couple more uh oh dominic my friend yes if i can recommend one piece of equipment for any american friends for 2023 it's the tg wagner titan heated hose Uh, less overspray less material better finish oh love that and there's some weirdos like jason the painter from minneapolis and zach kenny who do a whole bunch of those like hose heaters uh, uh heating up the coatings and stuff like that paint changes especially enamels when you heat that stuff up so dominic if you guys do not follow Dominic Crowley on Instagram, dude, I love watching his work. Uh, it is magical. He thinks about this industry the way we do. And we're also both big fans of the rainbow technique of spraying doorways and things like that. So we're, we're big fans of that stuff. So, uh, all right, let's go back to Facebook here. Uh, Nora, uh, you are a complete nerd, my cousin Nora. Uh, you have better things to do on Christmas Eve than watch your uh, your, <laughs> your cousin Nick, the house painter, broadcast live on Instagram. But it does mean a lot to me. So good to see you. And hopefully we can spend some Christmases together uh, soon, too. We're all over the country. So uh, let's see. Okay. Scott McDowell, let's finish that. Transitioning, seasonal, payroll. How long before I stepped off? So I am an extremist. I had 10 to 15 painters in the field. I was still painting a full day. Um, what I did though was I used my mornings and my evenings to make up for a lot of that time um, I could have done it much sooner, but I didn't want any excuses and I just did it and uh, I'm a good money manager But I wanted to make sure that this experiment didn't fail especially with me being a crappy business owner and stepping back too soon So here's here's the thought experiment that I go over with a lot of people Scott Which is there's a simple math problem that will tell you you are able to replace your own income when you hire four painters who are consistent and profitable in the field. When you do just a basic math problem of 2,000 hours a year, 55 to $75 an hour, a 15% net profit on each one of those painters. If you're making 60, 70, 80 grand a year right now as a single owner operator to replace that. The common flaw, we actually call it the owner exit fallacy, which is if I hire a painter in the field, I can step out because I was a painter and now there's a painter replacing me. 100% not true. You will likely only make 15 dollars to $20,000 of profit off of one painter to run your entire company. So the thinking is if I'm making 70 dollars right now as a single owner operator and I hire a painter in the field, well great, I'll make the same income. You will not. You will go from making 70, dollars to 80 grand to making $15,000 that year for everything. And it, it, you won't do that. So that's why you need at least four painters in the field to step back. That's the least amount of people in the field that I can tell or prove by math that you can actually step out from the field. So um, trying to dial in aspects. So here's the deal. People always say, like, what should you do before you hire a painter? And I tell them what to do. I tell them what I did. And then they don't do it. And then they just hire people. And it's not wrong. It's what I did, right? I just hired a bunch of people. And we figured it out. And we professionalized in route. Here's, here's the problem, though. It's gonna be a painful way to do it. Uh, If you follow all of my steps to professionalization, if you go through the PCA Business Accelerator and uh, go through their steps to professionalization, they're gonna teach you a lot about getting um, a job description, a pay scale, an employee manual, a handbook, a review process, standard operating procedures, so you can actually train and hold your painters accountable. If you don't have any of that, you are risky, risky, risky. Your painters can basically say, if you don't have a job description or an employee handbook, a painter can say, guess what? I'm not working on ladders anymore. I'm just not doing that. And you're like, well, you're a painter. You have to work on ladders. And they can say, show me an employee handbook or a job description that says that's part of my job. And if you don't have that written down, if you haven't taught that to them, if they haven't signed off on it, guess what? They don't do ladder work anymore. So make it easy on yourself. Professionalize, go through all those boring, uh, mundane, unsexy steps, and you will limit a lot of that stuff. So, uh, all right, here we go. Merry Christmas from Boston. Leonardo Silverio. Thank you so much. Daniel Stroud, what's the farthest you will typically travel for jobs? Uh, I like to keep my people 20 minutes away if possible. We'll go 45 to an hour away for a good job. Uh, I have traveled for work. Uh, I've done other states, I've done islands in the Gulf of Mexico, California, Washington, Utah. crazy cabins in northern Minnesota, Canada, things like that. But those are just like adventure jobs, you know, like that's not usually a normal profitable thing you do. It's more for like the adventure and things like that. But honestly, uh, especially when you have employees, uh, keeping people within a half an hour and 45 minutes at the most is, is a good boss thing to do. And that's what we try to do here. So. Daniel Stroud. And how do you beat the December slowdown? Oh, love this schedule out in advance. Yeah. So here's the deal. You got to be intentional with your marketing because word of mouth, repeat and referral leads can make up between 25 and 40% of our work. So if we just stopped all of the forms of marketing, we would only have 25 to 40% of the leads coming in and pros and cons of word of mouth, repeat and referral. They are the best leads. They are free. they are people who already know and trust you. They're amazing. I'm, I'm, Insanely thankful for every one of them. The problem is you don't control when they come in So after I had about five painters in the field or about half a million dollars worth of revenue I had to start actually being active with my marketing now. Here's the thing that I can tell you uh, I, I, I It's probably not going to be good advice to say Put this flyer out put this many of them out there and you're guaranteed to have this amount of work because things work differently in all areas Not that much, but generally so here's Daniel. This is what I would tell you to do I expend about 70% of my marketing budget in the six months of winter. We start in August and September doing uh, marketing experiments, getting our systems down. October, November, December, we put the pedal down. Uh, 50% of our marketing is likely spent in about these three months here to make sure that we make up for that lull, that natural lull curve. We can actually bring that back up. This year, we've never had more painters. We've never been a bigger company. We've never done more revenue, more jobs, and we've never had a fuller schedule because we got intentional with marketing. And it takes a combination of time and money to do that. But here's the thing. If you are slow in December and you start marketing in December, good luck. Marketing has a big ramp up time. Like you need to literally start, if winter is a problem, a slowdown in your company, you literally need to start in August and September getting it down and then October one, you press the pedal down and get marketing hard. Even if you're, even if you're eight weeks scheduled, things like that, you need to start early for the winter. You need to start early for the winter. Oscar Milan, good morning, my friend. You'll be coming to the Ask a Painter Retreat uh, here in uh, January, February. Uh, happy holidays to everyone from George uh, Clemocera. Uh, enjoy the rest and go back and kill it Monday. Yes, I'm taking uh, 10 days off, give or take. So uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome. So next week, I will not be going back to work. I will be doing the work that business owners do, which is you know planning and getting ready, but Uh, Shane Walker, after retirement from the military, I started my handyman business as a way to continue serving. You mentioned goals and putting profit as one in primary. That's actually my number one priority and I'm revamping my business processes as I've grown tremendously since startup and I'm wasting time and money. I want to stop doing all the work myself and sub out my paint projects to a local contractor. My concerns are partnering with those. Uh, that hold the same values and work ethic. How would you recommend I vet contractors uh, and develop your relationships? My goal is to grow my business profit, but also grow relationships. Yes, this one is great. This is no different than picking a spouse, picking a friend, picking an employee, or picking a contractor to work with or sub with. Number one, you can interview them, but interviewing is a guess, folks. I'm not going to tell you there's a guaranteed scientific system to find perfect people regularly all the time. You can find people that agree with your SOPs, agree with your way of doing business, agree with your core values, and then guess what? You just have to try them out give them a small job start there see how they perform if they take care of your client and you and they do a good job give them a little bigger one then a little bigger one people will prove themselves there is no way to perfectly vet that now a great example we've gotten very sophisticated in our relationship building Uh, Shane uh, we actually um, we formed a relationship with this great great remodeler Uh, they've been around for 40 years in our area Typically, the relationship with a contractor is, hey, we're searching for painters, give us 20 estimates, we want to do this. And typically, general contractors are just trying to price check their own painters or their guys because they think their painters are getting greedy or something. And we'll put in a lot of work and not get anything out of it. So one of the things we do, we say, great, we're happy to help you with all the estimates you need, but here's the deal. You need to have a meeting with us first, and we're going to start talking about how your company runs, how my company runs, our core values, our processes. And we put a few hurdles down. One of the biggest ones is this is our painting process. This is our coatings, and this is when we do a job. This is in the Gantt chart. This is when we come in. If that's a non-starter for you, great. Doesn't mean you're bad people. Just mean we can't work together. If If the contractor is open to it, then we say, okay, now let's tiptoe into this relationship. But we put some things in there that are non-negotiables to, to see how serious are you? We're happy to help you out with lots of estimates, but you got to greet a few things. We're not just going to roll over and do anything you want. So, uh, Gustavo, did you accomplish your goals for 2022? That is an interesting question. Yes. Uh, there's, uh, so, goals are weird, right? So, for the last six years, we've been growing between 35 and 50% every year. And it's been a wild ride. So this year, this last year, I think we're only gonna grow by 20%, 25%. And I almost feel like this, Oh man, you're not a cowboy anymore. You're not growing 50% this year, but we're professionals. And growing 20% when you're between two and $3 million of revenue is a monster. That's a monster. We're growing by, um, every year we're, we're adding revenue Larger than than 99% of all paint businesses in the United States. So you have to give yourself perspective. And one of the things that I remind myself is, you can set whatever goal you want, um, and you want to get your team wins. And to a fault, I give myself way too high goals, Uh, and I accomplish some big things, but I don't quite hit those goals. And I'm fine doing that. I like putting out reach goals that are super uncomfortable, almost unattainable, and seeing how close I can get. But I know a lot of other humans don't function that way So we actually set one of the most attainable simplest goals we ever have for the next year now having said all that um, I set out a revenue goal a little higher than what we actually did this year um, and we did not accomplish it but we also grew 25% so that's a huge thing. We also added three people to the leadership team. We've never had more W-2 uh, full-time and part-time employees. We've never had more subcontracting. We've never had more leads. We've never had more jobs. We've never had more profit. So when you take it all into a hole, we did some, it's, it's super easy to just land on revenue and profit and people and vans and things like that you can touch. That's only one function, and probably the least interesting for me, besides the profit part, uh, of this. Have you become a better leader? Have you built out your team? Is your team comfortable? Do they uh, are they inspired to do the goals with you? Are we functioning at the highest level? Is there unused capacity? Uh, things like that. So, for me, mission accomplished. We did an amazing thing this year. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. Um, we accomplished big things. I wanted to accomplish a little bit bigger things, but honestly, you know, when you consider what we've done this year it's pretty incredible i, I i'm just i have to say and, and i say that humbly because i didn't do it like i'm here to facilitate and mentor and support my team i didn't get out there and do the painting i didn't get out there and do the estimating the project management the coordination any of that stuff my team did and uh, they deserve the credit they are an amazing group of people and i'm glad to be here with them so oh let's see Phil Klein. Oh, my good friend from Iowa. Phil Klein. All right. What's your uh, washout process for water-based and solvent products in your shop? Yes, we have a very innovative process. We actually um, uh, contracted with a company called Safety Clean that does like the um, uh, parts washers at uh, automotive uh, warehouses, you know, because they got grease and uh, oil and stuff. And they have this like eco-friendly solvent where you can wash, g- wash grease off of parts and stuff. It goes into a barrel. It's a it's a tank that's got a barrel that circulates it and even heats it up uh, to make it more efficient. Effective, and a company actually comes and recycles it every month. So, when we clean out brushes, rollers, sprayers, things like that, uh, we actually have that. It's an eco-friendly thing, and it gets recycled in our shop. Uh, It's a, it's a process that costs us a couple hundred bucks a month, give or take. They lease you the actual parts washer. It's awesome. The only waste we have in the shop is what we call slop water, um, which is when we clean out a sprayer. You have some water that's got a little bit of paint in it from washing a sprayer out, and. You're not gonna you're not gonna dump that down the drain especially at the volume we do like somebody will find out and there's a creek right behind our shop and i want to be a good citizen so what we actually do is uh, through sherwin-williams we found a company called Outpack, o-u-t-p-a-k and they actually make like spill remediation chemicals and like hazardous uh spill cleanup stuff they actually have this uh powder Uh, this coagulant uh, that we buy in 50 pound bags that we mix in with that slop stuff you can even do it with old paint it it renders it inert it renders it a semi-solid and then you can safely dispose of it um, in the trash which is really awesome so we have our guys mixing up that witch's brew in the back of the shop and do that so oh man Olive Holdings. Thank you guys. I really appreciate that. You guys are great partners in the industry Uh, on Facebook. Merry Christmas to you guys. Huge fans of yours and what you guys are doing. You guys are inspiring me and everybody every day. So uh, Todd Roberts, thanks you for your expertise. You never fail to meet people where they are. Dude, it's so incredible. I've heard something really incredible this last year from Sherwin Williams. Sherwin Williams, if you guys don't know, they happen to sell us paint, right? But they are one of the craziest, most aggressive leadership coaching entities in, in the world. Um, they are basically a leadership academy that happens to sell paint and, uh, inside I get to, I get a lot of, uh, uh inner workings of Sherwin. I do a lot of events for him. I have a lot of friends, uh, up and down the food chain there and, uh, they're inspirational people over there. Uh, and one of the things that I've heard a dozen times, which has got to be an initiative within Sherwin Williams, it doesn't happen automatically or, or by chance. I've heard many people say we need to meet our contractors where they are. We need to meet them where they are, which is great, which is again, like, do we need to sell them paint or do we need to help them business, their businesses? And if we do help their businesses, where are they? Do we want, do we want to hold up a picture of a $10 million company with a hundred employees and an office staff? Or do we need to help them first figure out, maybe we need a business checking account first to separate your, in your business income from your private income, things like that. So I've heard that. And I truly do believe that meeting people where they are, like nobody knows this stuff better than me nobody knows this better than me talk about meeting them where they are I am here you are here we are here together right I am meeting us where we are these are the things that I am doing in real time right now I'm not a consultant I don't sell anything I am actively mastering the craft of painting and and the craft of leadership and the craft of running a business as we do this in real time and you guys are seeing it so if you want to talk about meeting people where they are we are meeting people where they are I am here you are here we are all here it's an awesome thing. Uh, re- oh, Noah Tucker, how dare you? Recurve is better than compound bow. It could be. You're, you're a nut. <laughs> Adam Northen's gold. Merry Christmas, my fellow Minnesota painter. Um, Jeremy Gilliland, your steps to professionalization were so incredibly helpful. Hiring and training people without all the structures and systems in place that you lay out would be chaotic. The Gilllands, if you guys are not following them, they took on their first two apprentices, which is crazy. Uh, it's it's Jeremy and his wife, and they took on two people. They theoretically doubled the capacity of their company this year, and they're going through all these systems. They were at the retreat with me. I love getting to know these people. This is amazing. This is amazing. If you guys don't follow them, master cabinet finishers, but also they're growing a business, a professional business. I'm a huge fan of what you guys are doing, Jeremy. So, Oh, Ron Rice, my good friend from California. What percentage of gross was used for marketing? Uh, my year's close to 4%. Yes, I actually just did this and I reached out to a bunch of people. We're going to, we're at about 5.6% now. We'll likely be at about 6%. Uh, like I said, uh, we're, we've never had more, uh, um, um, uh, marketing go out and it's typically 70% of it gets spent in the six months of winter here So marketing is something that I've really had to push the pedal down and I'm the marketing manager of the company I've never been more intentional about marketing I actually I'm looking at my Google Calendar here right now and there is uh, There's definitely times on there every week where I have to spend uh, doing marketing also. I see my phone on IG is a little whoop, There we go All right, my phone uh, my camera on IG was a little fuzzy. So all right Yes, Ron Rice. Love those marketing numbers. Typically what I find, Ron, he's asking for, you know, professional companies, typically what you'll find is is kind of an industry benchmark. I have realized that in the past uh, year or so, people are spending more as a percentage, maybe up to 4 to 5% big professional companies to get the same amount of leads. I have seen versions of companies, and sometimes myself, where we go as high as 10% when we're aggressively growing, but really folks, 10% is not sustainable, and that's a heck of a lot of money. I mean, if you're running a $3 million company, that's 300 grand a year you're paying in marketing, and you better be getting a return on that, and the right return not just a, a simple ROI. I get 10X, give or take, like, that's 10% marketing, give or take. That's not great, you know? You should be getting a huge return on stuff. Uh, my goal is to get up below 5% every year, especially when we're growing. Hopefully stabilize at about 3.5% uh, here. Uh, let's see, Troy, I just had to look for freelance work due to winter slowdown. Not for me, but to find work for an employee. I, it got me more work whenever I needed it. Reached out to the old boss and, and colleague, he plugged me in. That's it, see, again, Troy relationship stuff never burn a bridge you never know when you're going to need it collaborating with other painting companies to get through the winter is a wonderful thing we get that all the time we get subs by the by the tens coming to us looking for work we get other painters looking for work things like that it's a great thing <laughs> danilo my friend uh, bongia bonzia it is negative five fahrenheit right now uh danilo uh good to see you How are you doing? Merry Christmas, my friend. Daniel Stroud, thanks for answering my question. I have a lot of follow-up, but that's okay. I'm based in a small town in Maryland, about one and a half hours from all the big suburbs of D.C. I feel like I need to get uh, to travel that far in order to get more work because the town is so small. All right, so here's the deal, Daniel. Uh, I live in a town of 8,000 people. I actually don't know. When you you look out our 45-minute circle out here, I don't know the population of that, right? But I am 45, 50, 55 minutes from Minneapolis-St. Paul. We're in an outer ring suburb. I mean, I have a farm out here. We are a farming community. There's 8,000 people in my town and we have uh, a business that's in the top 1% of all paint business sizes in the US. So if you think you have to be in a major metro area to do this stuff, you definitely do not. Now, if if you're living up in the northern sticks of Minnesota like Chris Mole, and you only have a couple twenty thousand person towns around you, it is going to be a little different, and you may not be able to grow as aggressively or larger. Does't mean you can't do it just means it's going to be a little different. So I would say Daniel um uh, may. I want to say don't use it as an excuse but i would need to know more particulars like one of the things i get all the time is nick i own a painting company and i just can't find any good people not a single one i'm like oh really that's weird i live in a farm town of eight thousand people we can find them so like uh where do you live like i'm in chicago i was like you gotta be freaking kidding me you can't find a person in chicago i would kill to have the opportunity to be at uh millions of people at my disposal you know so Think about what you're doing. How many jobs do you actually need to do a year? If you're a single owner operator, it's likely you need about 50 to 70 jobs a year. So all you need to do is get 50 to 70 homeowners to say yes to your jobs. If your SR with your estimates is 50%, you only need 150 leads a year. You just gotta get 150 people to call you. So do you need to be in a $4 million metro area to get that? No, you absolutely do not need to do that. Like for us, we need 650 jobs a year. That's what we need. And so we have to geographically reach out a little bit. So, yep. Troy Frederick, I need an adventure job. Uh, Working vacay sounds lovely. Dude, I have done some wild adventures. We've been uh, to Canada, to off-grid stuff. We've been to uh, Wilderness of Northern Minnesota. I've been to California, to the beach. I've been to an island in the Gulf of Mexico. Um... I've been to Washington State. I've been to Utah. I, I've been all over the place doing crazy adventure jobs, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Tony Joseph, Merry Christmas to you. Robert Galensky, ah, Merry Christmas, my friend. Can you share, describe any examples of your marketing? Yes, uh, I believe I've done this to you via email, but if you need examples, nick at nickslavic.com. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see here. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Sam Chandler, no sound on Instagram. That uh, sounds like everybody else is, uh, uh, let's see. sounds like everybody else is doing okay with that on Instagram. Oh, shoot. It sounds like the sound did, oh, nuts. (laughs) All right, folks, uh, let me see. All right, sounds like two weeks in a row the the sound cut out on Instagram. I think for some reason it's just like throttling me or something. So I apologize, guys. There's no uh, different settings on my phone here. I've been going for an hour and 20 here, so I should probably. uh, Two more questions. How about this? I'm having a problem making sense of estimate job price and what uh, my market actually allows us to charge for the job. Leonardo Silverio. So here's the thing. It is complete BS when people say, well, I can't possibly help you with price because you're in this area. Listen, man, I survey uh, and do studies of market rate uh, for the same kinds of jobs all over the country. There's not that much difference in them, but there is gonna be a big difference in the the price that I charge as a big company versus you. If I was a single owner operator, I would charge a hell of a lot more than what I charge for my company now because we need more work in my company. So one thing I can tell you is Number one, just openly and honestly collaborate with other painters in your area. Uh, that's, one of the, uh, that's one of the greatest things you can do. Also, Leonardo, if you email me nick at nickslavic.com, I can send you some estimating resources to help you just come up with your price. Number three, the biggest thing is if you've never job-costed. Job-costing is tracking material and labor for all of your projects and then comparing it to a benchmark. If you have never job-costed or don't job-cost consistently, there's no way you can know this answer for sure so that answer is out there but it's built upon a base of boring unsexy kind of mundane math problems that you have to track constantly in your company so we can do some stuff but unless you job cost you're never going to have that price leonardo so all right jeremy oh thank you so much i really appreciate that uh oh my god goal is to hire another four apprentices by mid-year Love that, man, Jeremy. You guys are out there getting after it. I just love it. So, all right, uh, Seth Hostetter, thank you. I am so sorry, guys, on Instagram. You're going to have to hop over to, uh, um, you're going to have to hop over onto, uh, you're going to have to hop over onto um, uh, Facebook to get the rest of the feed. So, all right, everybody, thank you so much. I'm going to systematically start shutting down TikTok. We're going to shut down Instagram. Thanks for everybody watching and then Facebook as well too. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's been an awesome year. I'm really looking forward uh, to the start of the year, Mastering the Basics on on, uh, Ask a Painter Live. And man, it is going to be an awesome, awesome year. So all right, everybody, Merry Christmas. Spend some time with your family.